0: Hi, and welcome back. This is John Cronin with Invent Anything. And today's topic is dealing with copycat companies and showing how we can win the war.
1: Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is Invent Anything with John Cronin.
0: Today, we'll cover six topics. The first topic, topic one, is copycat definitions. What are they? And the thinking behind it. Then in topic number two, we'll talk about analyzing your market approach, because your market approach has both some of the reasons why you get copied, as well as some things you can do to stop copycats. So it's well worth analyzing that. Then topic number three, we'll do some inventive thinking. What can we invent to help us to stop copycats from copying? Which then moves us right into topic number four, which is to be creatively vigilant. That is to say, you need to set some things up and watch copycats and be vigilant uh, and, and get that to the point that you understand what's going on with copycats. Which then says, topic number five, if we start having copycats, we need to get prepared. So we'll talk about all those things necessary to be prepared. And then topic number six, uh, we'll figure out how we can take some actions against copycats. And I'm sure we'll you know, get into the various tactics and approaches for that. And then of course, we'll wrap up. When we think about our podcast, we're always thinking about the audiences and what they would want in, in a podcast and who would come to these podcasts. And for this one, because we had so much experience over 25 years working with companies that have copycats, we recognize that the one audience for sure is for those who are really frustrated with copycats and they want an arsenal of creative and useful approaches to combat these copycats. There's also those companies who want some basics as they prepare for the new product introduction and they wanna make sure they can discourage copycats. So this is for you. There's also those that wanna improve their overall strategy which includes concerns for copycats. This is definitely for you and will give you very good insights into some new creative thinking and strategy. There are audiences out there that are just at the management or supervisory level that really need a quick briefer on the ins and outs of copycats. And so this is for you. Normally, most of our podcasts are for you know business people, CTOs, R and D inventors. But this one also does apply to patent counsel. You see, when a copycat evolves, someone calls their patent counsel to figure out what they can do if they have patents. So, patent counsels might enjoy this podcast because it might give them some different insights of different things that can be done other than just the standard: let's use our patents and try to enforce them. And finally, if you're an investor, a board member, CEO and all of a sudden you're starting to see a loss of business um, revenue um, due to copycats, this is definitely for you. So coming up, we're going to take you through some thinking on copycats. And we need to consider the question, are copycats actually good or bad for your business? You might be surprised. And we also want to uh, talk about marketing. You may be surprised here that your, your given marketing approaches might be the very thing of why copycats are coming to you or why you can't deal with them.
1: You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net.
0: And now back to John and this episode. So let's just jump right into it. Topic number one, copycat definition and thinking. You know, it's highly unlikely that in most markets, the copycats create the exact same product or service identical to yours. And and also they probably don't know as much about your product as you do, even though they're creating it because you were the creator of it, right? But one thing is imitation is the biggest form of flattery, correct? I mean, copycats can cause tremendous damage to you, of course, with companies as the originating company had to do all the heavy lifting, all the research, all the investment, get the product to market. And only then when the product is successful in the market, will copycat come out. So although they're imitating you, it could really hurt your business. Now, there is a difference I do wanna point out from the thinking of copycats. There are many companies that consider themselves fast followers. We wouldn't put these fast follower companies in the same definition of copycats because copycats are clearly copying your entire product or aspects of your product. uh, And they're really not trying to follow you into the market. They're creating new products in the market you're creating versus the exact product. So copycats are different than fast followers. We have a lot of fast follower companies and of course I don't and they don't consider themselves copycats. There are very different sort of degrees of copycats. We've seen exact product knockoffs with the same packaging, the same words, the same uh, agreement, everything in it is the exact same. It was as if it went through a copier. That's a copycat for sure. But you know, there are a lot of products that have features to them and sometimes People, companies are competing for the same types of products, like two different automobiles, but there may be one key feature, and that feature gets copied. Well, that certainly is a copycat as well. So you see, it doesn't really matter whether they're copying the whole product or a portion of the product, we might consider them copycats. Uh, Also, we have to recognize that in some countries, uh, copycats are, are okay. It's actually their business model to copy, So, and they don't feel any problem negatively about it. They're using cheap labor, and and they don't think that not being the originator is theft. Of course, some companies that were the originators, they call this theft. But some would say that copycats is just a good good business model. It's kind of interesting, right? So you haven't taken the precautions that you need to against copycats. You're letting someone be a copycat, and that's their business model. The other thing about copycats is that copycats are free to copy uh, unless there are laws that you can enforce against them. So if you have a product and you don't have any way to fight back using the laws, then they could copy you as much as they want to. So things like patent laws and design patents and copyrights and trademark law, these are all sort of protection mechanisms against copying. But even with these great laws in place, and even if you've done the right things, fighting copycats, I could tell you, can be frustrating and also expensive. Some copycats copy the product and not the brand. This is interesting. They might change the brand, change the name of the product, but yet they're copying the product nonetheless. And this is actually causes customer confusion because they, the customer may start to think that that copycat was actually the originator. Um, hey, look, Apple believed that Samsung copied their iPhone. And eventually Apple had to take them to court and won billions of dollars in court. I mean, the, the jury's still out. You know, Did Samsung copy Apple's phone? Uh, we, we don't know, but uh, you know, that, the patents certainly helped Apple. But a couple of billion dollars is probably a drop in the, in, the, in the bucket for that size of a business. One of the things about patent infringement is that it may mean that there's a copycat of the product, but it could be a derivative of the product. Because many times your patents have a claim scope that can be broad, and you develop a product within that claim scope. But then some other company develops a product in that claim scope, but it's not an exact copy. So what we do is we have copycats that copy products, but also they might be within the claim scope. And... and, and and infringing your patent, but they not, might not be exactly copying your product. One of the things about copycats is that they claim that they're healthy competition, that they exert downward pressure on, on prices. So rather than competing with the original copycat brand may in fact create its own market. Well, that doesn't directly benefit the brand owner, it may provide some welcome exposure to the secondary market. In other words, sometimes copycats can outgrow the market, believe it or not, and you might benefit from a copycat, we've seen that. So sometimes you have to wait to see what happens in the market if you find a copycat. And one of the caveats about copycats, first of all, and that is the word copycat creates sort of an accusation, doesn't it? But let's look in the mirror. When you claim that you're the victim of a copycat, in fact, when you look at your product, there may be features of that product that you've copied, right? So when we look in the mirror here, we have to understand, what the level of a copycat is. Uh, it's difficult to completely shield yourself and your imagination from the product of others and to keep your company's uh, inventive canvas blank, if you will. So I, I'd ask you to think carefully about you know, accusing someone to be a copycat, even if it's the exact same product, because within your product, you may have copied some features of others, even maybe unknowingly, maybe someone in your, in your company did and you're the product manager and you didn't know that. In episode 14 of our podcast series called Freedom to Operate, uh, take a look at that because that gives you sort of insight in how to a freedom to operate and get an opinion as to whether you're free and clear of others' patents. And you'll know whether you're a a copycat yourself. So let's go to topic number two, analyze your market approach. You know, One of the things about marketing and social media and websites is that you can audit your website and see if your website is actually teaching how Now, I get that your product could be taken apart and reverse engineered and copied that way, but a lot of times you teach a lot about the product and how you made it and what what it's good for, and you don't have to do that. You might teach what the product is, but not how it's made. So you don't want to teach these things so that it makes it easy for copycats. You should go to episode number six, a podcast with with enablement, and see what we're talking about there, because there's certain things that you do in, in talking about your product that maybe you shouldn't do, because you may be actually helping the copycat. One thing you can do in the marketing is add copyrights boldly on everything you've got on the website marketing materials. It's essentially to copyright the markings on all the documents, the copycatters. In essence, if they're copying documents as well, you can get them for copyright infringement as well as patent infringement. And this law of protection is really essential because it adds the dates on the copyrights to know really who was first. And also it shows uh, that you own these series of materials because a lot of copycats will copy the materials by which they do marketing and by which they do product descriptions, by which they do how to use it, et cetera. The other thing is that you can also do patent pending as long as you file file the provisional. So adding patent markings on the website uh, everywhere you can is kind of like a stop sign to copycats. uh, And also filing as many provisionals as you can around the product, even narrow features, shows you maybe have three or four or five patent pendings or patents. And that should be another deterrent, but put it boldly on the products and boldly on your website. Talk about it in, in your advertising because any copycat that's gonna copy you is gonna review your website most likely and review everything you've done about it uh, so they can in- include that thinking in the copy. So we talked about patent markings, but maybe using patent pendings by getting even more specific by putting the, the numbers of the patents, the patent numbers, etc. And this would allow someone who's thinking of copying to really understand that maybe your exact product is what you're producing, but the claims are even more broad. And you may find in many cases, companies don't wanna copy you, uh, but they just didn't know if you owned it. One of the things is that you can use the press to sort of obviate that you're litigation ready. What I mean by this is on your website, you could talk about you know, a CEO can put on, on, on their website sort of a video of the innovativeness of the company and how they innovated these products and how they'll protect themselves with their patents you know, as much as they can uh, because they'll go after, you know, copycatters. Uh, but that's done in a subtle way, of course, but you want to show the strength of the company that puts another stop sign saying, look, if we get copied, we're going to, you know, come after you. And so that's using the press as a way to defer, deter our copycats. One thing is that your customers could actually help with, with uh, stopping copycats. You see, in social media today, it's pretty easy to show a product and how it works. Well, why not show products, once you find a copycat, why not show a copycat product, take their brand off, if you will, and show how it doesn't work? Because a lot of people that are buying a product might do some research quickly to buy it, and they might find the video of your product comparing it to lesser quality copycatted products. Also, there's a lot of times with a supplier to your products that maybe there's certain materials or certain sub-assemblies, certain software, whatever, that, that you get from third parties. So it will be important to try to make sure you lock that supplier up with agreements um, but also that agreement should be something that defines some sort of a lockup of what they're supplying to you. You see sometimes copycats need to find the same suppliers to produce the copycat uh, component And if that is where your your business is we have suppliers you need to lock that up. One of the things about the effect of copycats is it draws the customers Consumers' attention away from the established brand and towards the copycat brand. And this is not good at all. And it would appear your ability to keep selling. And then this reduces the pricing power because you being the innovator, even the patent holder. And what ha- happens is that now you have to spend even more money in, in marketing. So one of the things is to actually watch your brand in copycatting. And that's that's part of the problem of a copycat, particularly if the copycat has terrible products and they don't work and the customer thinks it's your product. One of the things that's a trick of the trade here is if you can possibly partner with a larger brand. Um, you know, maybe your your product aligns with sort of the products of another brand. So maybe if you make a particular toothbrush uh, in with Procter and Gamble's toothpaste, maybe you're sort of co-marketing, if you will, your product with another brand. It's be very impossible for Copycat to both copy the product and copy the, the brand relationship because only one company is gonna get that brand relationship. Um, And a lot of times, you know, some people link the product with the brand of a person. They may get a particular social media influencer or a particular actor. And if that particular actor or that influencer aligns with your product, that actor or influencer is not gonna be making a deal to the same thing with, uh, with, with the copycat. So these are just some ways of thinking there are many more. So coming up, believe it or not, You can be very inventive about using intellectual property to stop copycats, but you have to be creatively diligent to do this. So we'll talk about that in a minute.
1: You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this
0: episode. Well, let's go on to topic number three. Use invention thinking. This is a favorite of mine. I love when I get to talk about invention. One of the things we can do in the copycat situation is enhance our core patent applications. We might take our existing patent applications and when we start thinking about copycats, literally revert, revamp these and try to refine them in such a way that we're thinking about copycats copying. What, what could we cover better You know, to create more blocking power in the market? So that's one of the key first things to do is when you're filing patents, think about copycats and write the patents so that you can trap the copycats. This can be done by writing very specific claims on the very important parts of the components of the, of the product. Another thing you can do is to file new patents to cover all the variations and improvements because copycats not only copy the product, but then they start evolving it as well. So file some new provisionals that extend the coverage of the existing in a new direction. One of the things you can do is event around your core patents. Now, this invent around idea basically is so, so important to me and, and my company that we've actually created a, an 18 point checklist to invent around patents. So we would consider that one of the approaches you might take in being inventive about copycats is take your patents and cover the products, invent around your patents and file those patents as well. And what happens there is you now have the ability of having your existing patents in any invent arounds. So if the copycat tries to copy or invent around you, uh, they're going to still in on your patents. One of the things that we found out and we have a lot of experience with this is that it really works to accelerate provisionals or patents to the patent office. You file a provisional, get the date, you immediately file a a patent on that and you fast track it for an extra fee. And sometimes you get patents to issue in three, six months. So that's really important because if you have a patent trail and you see a copycat, and maybe there's some features that are not exactly right, if that's in your original patent applications, you could fast track a continuation. you know, there's all sorts of things you could do for copycats. I'll use this concept called the back door. So supposing you're writing software and that gets copied. Well, you want to know if it was really copied, whether it was stolen. I mean, we're talking about copycats, not just copying. We're talking about stealing and then putting the product out to market. So sometimes you can put things in your software code where you can put a code into a certain field and it feeds back what the answer is supposed to be to you and, and knowing that they must have ripped off your code to do it. So putting a backdoor in products to actually know if they really copied your product would be very good. So for instance, another backdoor would be to add some product feature that doesn't do anything. And when you see that product feature that doesn't do anything, you know they copied your product. One of the things we can do is to invent improvements and create more patents. And and we call this enablement of publications, doing enable publication. This will deter copycats from getting an ownership position. A lot of cases we find the copycat copies the product and then start creating improvement patents that they then own. And so not only do they are copying you, but they're starting to own your future. So this is where enablement publications come in. You should check out episode number 12 uh, in Event Anything about enabled publications to learn more about that. One of the things that we could do is to create patents that make the customer infringe. Well, what does that mean? Well, when I have a product or a service that our customer buys, their method of using the product or service could be patentable. And therefore, if you make products and you have a copycat product and the copycats trying to sell into the same market and even to the same customers, you may be able to get the customer to recognize they could be infringing because you've written patents that have to do with the customer using your product or service. Another thing is, and this is really, I wish I could do a whole podcast on this, is to attempt to invent a way that makes your part non-reverse-engineerable. Let's just, I mean, maybe there's some trade secret aspects of the materials that you don't publish, nobody knows about it. Maybe there's some trade secrets about how you actually put the product together efficiently uh, to really reduce cost. You know you, you know about the razor, razor blade model, right? So you sell the razor blade. Uh, you might be able to think about this as could you add a consumable? That would be something that would go along with your product that would have to be continually bought from you. And this would be another way to trap the copycat than only copying the razor, but the copying the razor blade. One of the things we found is to literally think about the future of your product and then invent on top of yourself and create the new product improvements and also get new patents on that. And then fast track them. That combination of things you do will then mean that you're continually evolving your product with the patent trail in front of it. So it becomes more and more difficult. Maybe the copycat can copy one product for one generation, but they're gonna to, to be more and more difficult to copy generation two, three, four, and five. And let's not kid ourselves. Every product needs to reinvent itself every 12 to 18 months anyway, with some new features and new capabilities. So if you've got a copycat right now, uh, let's get on working on the future. And then finally, let's invent a way to connect your product back to some new online services. I mean, and, and therefore you can own a different relationship with the customer. Maybe for instance, there's a QR code on your product that when you hit it, you're back up on the internet, whereby you can get preferred information because you bought the product. The copycat might not be able to copy this kind of direction. Matter of fact, most foreign copycats, and we'll talk about this, what what they can't do is they can't um, support the, their their customers, you know, in one country and in your country. So if you're if you're in the U.S. and the copycats say in China, um, uh, they can knock your product off. But if you have a way to bring in location into your product, they they can't knock that off. So these are some ways that we can sort of think about it. Um, we did say about. Topic number four, being creatively vigilant. And so let's talk about that. One of the things that I think is very vital is to create a competitor copy copycat watch. In other words, you build a web crawler or provide a service or find somebody that every month they go off and they see if some new product has been introduced. We've had some clients where all of a sudden they put their product on Amazon. And then the next thing they know is within two or three months, they have two or three copycats selling the same product on Amazon sometimes even with the same brand and name even. Um, So you've got to do this continual, be vigilant looking for copycats and doing a watch. It can be as simple as a Google alert uh, that you uh, provide. Another thing we can do here is to create a competitor copycat web crawling system. I mean, these are available. We've written some ourselves uh, that we supply to our clients, but it's kind of a web crawl that every week or two goes out and looks for product features where they're actually trying to find if there are copycats. Because sometimes you know you put out your product, you, you, your sales goes up and they steady off and they go down, not even knowing that it was a copycat. There's a whole bunch of stories of you know someone making a new you know thermos cup, uh, you know, and, and having a real fancy brand name, uh, and the CEO goes abroad to a conference where they're talking about thermos cup technology, and he finds a person in the crowd that basically gives him a business card, and the business card is exactly his company's business card with his name on it. And the person claims to be that person with the knockoff product. And so what happens is the copycat has not only copied the product, he's actually copied your business card and he's actually at conferences selling your product but linking them to his, pretty terrible. So you wanna be able to track website hits as well copycats will be looking at your website. You also wanna to try to uh, use websites to try to look at the copycats and try to secretly find out what they're doing. It's really essential to sort of do sort of reverse engineering on the copycat, take their product apart, see what they're doing, see if there's some way to understand if the copycat is on your website. One of the things is that some companies, this is such a severe problem that they actually have a copycat internal process that they review every quarter to plan on what strategy they can do next. There could be following copycats and following trademark filings, some copycats will actually start to vary your trademark. So there are many good places uh, using the patent system to find trademarks. Another thing we can do is to follow the copycats, patents and trademark filings on the internet, you know, online to see if they're filing patents or trademarks that are derivatives of yours. because that will tell you that not only they're copying your product, but also copying more about your business. We mentioned a little bit about this, but maybe there's a way that you can invent a product or service that becomes a platform that allows you to change your product or services based upon location. See copycats can copy the product, but if you're selling in a particular markets, they don't have the ability to actually be in that location where you might. So sometimes there's some sort of way to understand the local market and culture and modify the product for local markets and cultures where the copycat wouldn't know those local markets and and cultures. So this is the idea where if you have a product with a platform where you can make changes, You know. Maybe you're making um, you know, a particular type of knife, for instance, and you can start making knives for the consumer, knives for the chefs, knives for some industrial process. Changing those things could allow you to have various markets on the same product, and the copycat might not know how to get into those other markets, so they might just be copying for the consumer market. One thing we can do as another tactic here is to invent a counter-business practice. For example... Maybe, you know, a a customer in order to do something has to prove authentication of the product. Somehow, if they bought the product, they need to have some number of the product so that you can handle things like warranties or or things like chat windows and things like that. Maybe you can provide a way to enhance your attack against the copycats by having exceptional customer service, because generally copycats don't deal with customer service that way. They they don't care about that. Uh, they're, They're just trying to sell the product, but they don't want to handle the customer. Uh, you could use various uh, marketing and social media tools to show that you don't have an association with the copycat, really creating advertisements to show how you're different than, than the copycats. One thing, obviously, depends upon your customer base, is to engage with customers very frequently to keep them updated on your products and product generations. And sometimes copycats uh, you know, are trying to make the case that they're trying to steal your brand as well. So the more you can show your product and your brand is really very different than the copycats product, the better you're gonna be. And the internet basically through social media allows you to do that. I think most people when given the choice, they would probably want the original product versus the copycat, but you gotta make that case to social media. One thing is you could think about this totally reverse. You could join the game. Here copycat innovation is about adapting a proven product and solution, and then copying it enough to then get it back out into market. And you may decide that the copycat business model at some level, might be part of what you wanna do. Uh, So maybe you can gain the success of what you've learned from copycats or from other products and become more of a copycat yourself, but staying within the bounds of the law, not to violate the patents, et cetera. Because if they have patents and trade names, you can copy the product as long as you don't violate the patents and trade names. And then finally, maybe you wanna go on an ad campaign that shows that your brand overcomes copycats to basically show very specific that there's a copycat out there and how your brand and product is much better. So coming up, let's take a look at topic number five and six, see how you can prepare yourself for battle with the copycat. And from there to consider a wide variety of options. We don't have the time to go through all of them, but we certainly can give you a number of different options to win the war. You're
1: listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode.
0: And topic number five, we want to talk about preparing. One of the very first things you can do in preparing for a copycat is to get a desist and cease order in place. It's essential to take action on detection of the copycat if you can, in terms of knowing what your strategy is and getting management and the board aligned to these actions in advance and have some of the documents ready to go. Uh, this would get you to do the thinking in advance of what you're going to do with the copycat versus you put out the product, you get a copycat, and then you say, now what am I going to do? One of the things you can do is to develop a trade secret program by auditing and putting a trade secret practice in place. We do a lot of these in our practice. Uh, you can see episode number 11 on the event editing series on trade secrets because sometimes products are copied because documents were copied from your company, or it could be a rogue employee. So there's all sorts of reasons why copycats can actually start. So one very good thing you can do is to make sure you have a very good trade ticket program, like in episode 11. Uh, One thing you can do is to perform intellectual property, landscaping, and analysis here, understanding what the competition is doing. Where are their products going? Where are their patents going? What are their IP strengths and weaknesses? And, developing a product you just sort of sit down and start thinking about the product but if you develop an understanding of the intellectual property along with the product direction you'll be able to move your product away from copying but also see which companies might be the closest to being able to do your your product copying so you can be ready for them one thing that we've done a lot with clients over the years is hold routine ip extractions every six months trying to figure out what's going to go into the product and what's new and by doing that and determining whether you should patent things or hold treat things or publish. One of the things that's so good to do uh, when you're dealing with copycats is fast tracking. Let me tell you why that's important. See, if I file a patent and I put the product out right after that, well, sometimes I put the product out and file the patent after that, You know, it's better to file the patent before you put the product out. But imagine you put the product out and then you get a patent out. Maybe it comes three, four or five years and and the patent issues lays open in 18 months. Well, that's not helping the copycat situation, is it? Because if the copycatter has has the ability to want to copy your product, they may look at the patent literature to see if they're free and clear to put a product out there. If they don't find any patents, then they'll probably copy because there's nothing to stop them from copying. That's their business model, remember? So if you fast track though, you might get a patent out in three, six months. So what you're doing is you're basically providing that information uh, to deter a copy cap. And what's even better is to get the patent filed, get it out there three to six months, and then announce the product basically after the patent issues. That's the perfect thing to do. One other thing to also do is to sort of get folks to know that you mean business. So maybe hiring a name brand law firm that's a very strong litigation firm, Maybe they do a little bit of work for you. You get to use their name on your website. And now what a company sees is you have a powerhouse behind you, litigation attorneys. One of the fun things is you can sort of fog the copycat. Yeah, fog, F-O-G, fog the copycat. This is one of the areas that can slow down and stop the copycat to make their effort to copy or decide to copy much more difficult. Uh, So what you do is add some fogging information to your website, like product sales efforts, press releases and papers and patents to add more material. You don't need to require to execute on all this stuff, but you might fog the information. You for instance could start talking about the things that need to go into the product uh, and make it seem like it's so complex to build that a copycat might not decide to build it. And of course, we're not going to say that these are lies, but these are headed in amplifying directions that the copycat might not not know of. So you can fog the information on your website, thinking that a copycat will look at your website. And you're asking the question, what can I put in my website or my product description or or ad that would confuse a copycat? As Sun Tzu once said, is all warfare is based upon deception, right? One of the things we can do is to incorporate fingerprints. This is to add some sort of distinguishing features, novel unnoticed features, if you will, or even deliberate errors in the product so that it would be easy for you to know that the copycat did exactly copy you. So we don't want to make it easy for them, but you also want to know that they really did copy you. So remember I said the scale of copying, whereby it looks like the exact product and the exact same packaging. They're using the exact same barcodes. They're using the exact warranty cards. They're using everything exact. In other words, a total knockoff, right? Uh, And then there are copycat products that are taking features of your best product and copying those. So somewhere in this continuum, you can always develop fingerprints because fingerprints will give you exactly that someone stole it or they're actually directly copied it. One of the things is, and this is a different direction, as I said, there'd be some different directions to take, is to build into your marketing plan or business plan the impact of copycats. So when you're projecting to investors, the revenues and the growth, somewhere you might consider that copycats will come in and that might start limiting your revenues for a while. And so when you put that thinking into your business plan, you'll probably develop new product generations more routinely knowing the copycats might come in and you can, in any industry kind of figure out uh, with a little bit of the analytical data and some consulting help generally that are experts in this to basically figure out how long does it take a copycat to get into the market? What percentage of the market will they take, et cetera, and then use that thinking in your marketing plan. So, you know, people don't plan to fail, they just fail to plan. One of the things is also prepare for some line of innovation. Once you develop the product, Think about the improvements and get those intellectual properties in place. But one of the best ways to respond to copycats is to know how you are improving your product in front of them so that you know that you're going to have generation two, three, and four. You know what those are, and you're prepared to do that. So when you're releasing generation one, they're copying generation one. And by the time they're out in the market, maybe you're releasing generation two. This is good for some products. I know it's not possible for all products and services, but you might consider that. Let's go to the final topic topic number six taking actions against copycats inevitably it does come down to this that you have to take some action one action to take is to get mentally prepared uh, we deal with ceos board members the presidents of companies all the time and they call us and you can literally hear in their voice that they're angry about the copycat once again they're angry but what's the morality of copycatting right uh if there's no patents they can copy you Uh, and there's no laws against it. They just copied you. You might think that's immoral, but they don't. One of the things you can do is there's a lot of strategies that that apply, that we've talked about, that aren't legal. We talked about marketing strategies and things like that. So keep in mind that you can take many strategies, some which are legal, some which are marketing. Even this idea of fogging could be a strategy that might make copycats uh, not copy. Well, there is the point that once you get your letter ready and you know to cease and stop, uh, you prepare for litigation. One of the things that you should do before you really consider if it's a copycat, if you have patents as the way to stop them, is consider getting an evidence of use, which is a professional opinion. Does your patents actually cover the copycatted product? We cover that in episode 15 invent anything. So you might want to take a look at that. So you're mentally prepared, right? Hopefully you're not getting angry. You've done the planning for a cease and desist letter. Uh, you've gotten sort of a real evidence of use done. So now you're ready. If there is real evidence of use, then sending a letter, maybe by your lawyer, and asking them to cease copying you and pointing out your patent. If they don't comply with this letter, the next thing is you might have to commence with legal proceedings. By filing some sort of writ with the courts uh, to obtain an injunction, which means to stop them, maybe even to assess the damages, to look for damages, and to see if you can have a court order that would stop all infringing materials. You know, sometimes infringement takes years, and you need to work on that process. <coughs> I'm sorry, I still get the. I take a few minute break here. No problem.
1: You want to just pick it up, or you want to start that segment uh, over?
0: I'm going to start on. I'll do number five over.
1: All right. Good. I agree. Oops, Anytime.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, if they don't comply with the cease and desist letter, well, you might have to commence with some legal proceedings, which is to file a case in the courts looking for damages and injunction, which means to stop them. And maybe, maybe even some court order that asks them to destroy all the infringing materials they have. Working on the process of infringement could take years and there's a lot of risks. So to do infringement is gonna be a pretty big deal. When we look at infringement, there's the ability, maybe it's a small company. So in a small company copycat is very different than a large company. In a large, in a, in a small company, <clears throat> I don't know here, it's a, let me get an ice cube. All right, no problem. But I- So unfortunately, as you know we've talked about that working on the process of infringement could take years, and it comes with a lot of risk. so you've got to be very serious about wanting to go against a copycat if they're patent infringing. But you know, the game is different. If it's a small company that's a copycat, sometimes just the act of uh, suing a company, not taking it all the way, could actually be a, a big impact to the small company because maybe they're doing a raise of money and that might be a deterrent to get a raise. Or maybe it's not that large of a volume and the company that copying you is thinking, you know, it's just not that worth it. So suing a small company is much more advisable than the next thing, which is supposing the copycat is a large company. Should you sue the large company? Well, here there's a lot more risks. I can't tell you how many companies that think that they have a patent infringing because copycats and then they sue a company to find out that that company has patents of their own and they get countersued because they're infringing the copycat company finds patents that they own where your product is violating as well. So large companies would be very difficult and they're backed by all sorts of other IP and other products. But you know, if it's a large company and you really want to go to battle with them, since they have other products, you might be able to develop other IP that reads on those products. So we create a battle in the entire market on a number of products. But you could see that suing a large company is going to be much more expensive and much more risk. But what about a company that's in another country? Suppose the competitor is in Korea or China or Canada. They're producing a product and selling in the U.S. market. Well, what we found is that foreign companies, a, a lot of foreign companies, can literally vanish and then restart exact same company under a different name. Um, so when you're suing foreign companies, you, you really have to understand that, you know, not only does it come with the risk, but it comes with, you maybe suing a company that can easily, you know, change its name and, and change its address and uh, start all over again, because there's not much investment for them to just restart it. One thing we could do here is to take stock really. Copycat, copy, copycats are really a force of nature. They're a force of business. And it needs to be thought out in advance about what you're gonna do in the next round. You know, If you keep your mind creative and inventive, creative strategies will come. Hopefully this podcast gives you many different things to think about, but we know you gotta get mentally prepared for all this, but let's go back to the original question we asked. Are copycats actually good for your business? Look at all the things we talked about, all the ways that in thinking about copycats, you can improve your strategy, improve your protection, building in things to make it hard to copy. What we're really talking about here is not just being inventive with your new product or service, but take it to the next step. Try to be inventive about the way that you can stop copycats. And do that from the on-site on the, on the beginnings, because if you do that, what you find is you'll come out with good products or good services, but you've already built in all that copycat thinking. Please don't let you get to the point where maybe you're watching this podcast, we've you're watching the podcast because you've just been copied and it's really hurting your business. Certainly, we can do a lot to help fix all that stuff, but maybe the next time around, or if this is your first product and you're worried, maybe there's a whole bunch of things you should do to invent the ways that you can stop copycats from coming in. So let's wrap up. In topic number one, we talked about copycat definition and thinking. We discussed, even though copycats may be flattering to you, uh, there's a range of levels of copycats from exact knockoffs from everything to even copying just derivative pieces of your product. We discuss how laws relate very much to the copycats and how, in some countries in different markets, copycats are okay because there's no laws. We discuss uh, uh, that protects the, the originator. We discuss you kind of looking in the mirror and asking yourself the question are you, in essence, doing some copycatting? And and we're just trying to create this paradigm in thinking so you can think about this more broadly. And we asked that question in topic number one. A copycats actually good for business? Different way of thinking about it, right? In topic number two, we talked about analyzing your market approach. Here, basically, we discussed the things you could do in marketing to assist you to stop cap- copycats from auditing your website, not teaching how things work, being bold about trade names and copyrights and things like that, being bold about the positiveness of, of what you're doing, but also maybe putting out there that you don't mind protecting your product through litigation, uh, putting that message out that you will use some muscle to enforce the copycat. All these things will be deterrents to a copycat. One of my favorite topics is using invention to solve the problems. So why don't we use invention thinking here? It's a powerful concept here where you could take a look at your core patents and maybe expand them. Use invent around processes, use fast tracking, take the claims of your patents and rewrite them, thinking about what a copycat will actually do. Uh, Discuss even doing sophisticated things like putting backdoors into your products or even invent products that are hard to reverse engineer. And all that could be done in inventive thinking. We even talked about, is there a way to take your product and put it into the cloud? That is a QR code that gets you up into the cloud, doing things in your location or your website with your customers that can't be copied by the copycat. In topic number four, we said, be creatively vigilant. What we mean by this is you really need to be vigilant by tracking your website tracking competitors' patents, tracking competitors' um, you know, products and services, to see if the copycats are really out there. Uh, many times people don't know for years that they have a copycat and then they find it, and that was the reason why the business was hurt. So be creatively v- vigilant. And also try to create mm-hmm. counter business practices like creating a copycat case uh, in your, even in your business plan. Uh, you know, actually looking at you know, looking at how the copycat's products fail, and maybe being creative to figure out how you can let the market know about that. And topic number five, we talked about being prepared, which is the next thing after you're vigilant, then you find that you're to get ready. That there will be a copycat. And some of the things you can do is very interesting. You can get a, some cease and desist letters kind of framed up. You can develop a traits you could program. You could do some landscaping and analytical work to track competitors. You can develop new IP that we talked about for fast tracking. You can incorporate fingerprints into uh, your product or your service. And also you can actually put in your business plan uh, how your revenue might be impacted by copycats. So you're literally planning on copycats. And then of course it ends up taking action, right? With copycats on topic number six, some of the actions we talked about. One of the most important things is if you believe you have a copycat situation and you wanna stop them with patents that you have, get a real evidence of use. Um, we then said, you know, maybe getting that cease and desist letter out might be very good. Uh, it might work better for small companies than large. Uh, and then what that will mean is for small company copycats, you might impact them. Uh, but for large company, you may find out that it's going to be a harder battle. And maybe they have patents to counter assert. it, so you're going to have to watch out. We even talked about, you know, copycats that are in foreign countries. One of the things they can't do is they can't enjoy understanding the location and what's going on locally in the market. And so you might be able to win on some of the product directions locally that they can't. We also asked the question at the end that we did in the beginning, a copycat's actually good for your business. I mean, look at it. A copycat will make you try to drive your price down, right? Which essentially makes uh, you to be more innovative on how you do that. A A copycat might make you want to enhance the message of your brand, to be very clear about the things that you do. And why they're better. A copycat might allow you to basically develop a better intellectual property strategy for things like trade secrets and IP. So copycats are really like you know uh, steel sharpening steel, right? Iron sharpening iron. That maybe having copycats in your business, if you look at dead in the you know dead on, uh, that maybe you could use the fact that you will have copycats as a way to make your business even better. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, And if you like it, please subscribe and uh, come join us on our Invent Anything blog and come listen to our new series, Invent As It Work.